Welcome to Adulting. I'm Harlan Landis. Today, Miranda and I discuss self-discipline. Are cheat days okay? When can you binge? Find out today how to develop discipline and balance. Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I'm Harlan Landis and I'm here with Miranda. Hi, Miranda. Hi, Harlan. How are you today? I'm great. Today our topic is cheat days. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about um, what is a cheat day? A cheat day is a day where you do things you're not supposed to do. And they call it a cheat day. There's a lot of debate over whether it should be called a cheat day. But it's interesting because it can actually help you reach your goals better, according to some research. Of course, you know, research is research. It's always different. But it might help you reach your goal if you break down on a day every now and again and do things you shouldn't do. Cheat days really come into play, I think, most popularly on dieting but they work for every goal i think so i think that they can be a good way to work for any goal or even just take a break from everyday life so the um, apa american psychological association has something to say about cheat days kind of Uh, they talk about willpower and how willpower is a limited resource Uh, you can become fatigued if you practice self-discipline all the time so you can be worn down and then completely fail to accomplish what you want to do down the road or you break down in other areas they were talking about how if you have to constantly have social interactions with people where you have to show a lot of self-control and be nice even though you don't want to be uh, such as at work (laughs) that can wear you down and then when you get home or when it's time to pick a healthy meal, when it's time to exercise, when it's time to do these other things, your willpower store has been depleted. And so then you're not as willing to do these things. And so they, so part of the research talks about willpower as a finite resource, something that you can deplete. Uh, But if you can have cheat days that can help you just sort of uh, break down in the willpower in one area or another, it can help you be a little more balanced overall. So is self di- it sounds like the problem that this is addressing is that we have too much self-discipline. Uh, it seems to me that not enough self-discipline is the problem, is a bigger problem. Is there, can there be too much self-discipline? And, and does, it, does it cause a problem? Or you know, is it reasonable to expect that you know, sometimes we need to break down a little bit? Right. One of the problems, though, is do we really need to call them cheat days? I mean, we talk about it, it's cheating because it makes it sound forbidden, but there might be problems with that. I think you found something about that on MyFitnessPal. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's some criticism not only of just the name of cheat days, but with the concept of of, of cheating on, you know, the discipline that you've (laughs) created in order to reach some goal that you've had. There's a tendency to overdo it. Count the days down until your cheat day uh, to trudge through this um, this terrible test that you have of whatever it happens to be, and and again, usually it comes down to dieting um, to to deal with some you know meal plan or or uh, or activity that you really hate in order just to live for this one day a week that's your cheat day, um, so that you can 
go ahead and basically undo all of the work, you know, taking six steps forward and then, you know, 10 steps back on your <laughs> cheat day. So I, there's a tendency to do this. And so the only way for the cheat days to work is to be disciplined uh, about your cheat day. Even if you see your cheat day as taking a break from discipline, it really has to remain disciplined in order for it to not backfire. I think that makes a, a good point. And they say, you know, oh, don't use cheat days because like you were saying, you're going to have this slog through the rest of the week. I kind of like them because it makes me feel like I'm doing something naughty. And <laughs> I try to be so good all the time. So it's nice to feel like I'm doing something naughty sometimes, even though, like you said, a lot of the time it's discipline. Uh, my my exercise cheat day when I don't feel like exercising a lot of the time is either doing yoga or going swimming or working with the punching bag. So I'm still getting some of that exercise in. It's just not the exercise uh, regime I've been given. So, so uh, why, why would it be hard to stick with something unpleasant? Uh, I mean, it, it's, I think the problem is, first of all, that we see good behavior as being unpleasant, whether that's dieting or just behaving uh, rationally, I guess you you've you've pointed out that the typical advice that we hear about needing to form a habit after 21 days of a certain behavior is a myth. How how does that fit in with the cheat days? Well, I think part of it is this: you, you think if you can get to the 21 days, you've made a new habit, and so then after the 20 days are over, 21 days are over, you can maybe cheat a little bit more. And a lot of people don't even take any cheat days in those 21 days because they're like, oh, well, I'm going to do this 21 days. I'll have a magical new habit and then we'll be done. The problem is the University College of London did research and found that the 21 day habit formation is kind of a myth. And they say that most people are more likely to do it within 66 days, but some people it takes as long as 284 days to form a habit so, because it, it just really depends on who you are, your level of willpower, and the kind of habit you're trying to develop. If you're just trying to do something really small and make a little tweak, then 21 days might be enough. But if you're trying to completely make over your lifestyle, chances are 21 days is going to be woefully in, insufficient. Where does this myth come from? I mean, this is something that every self-help guru <laughs> on every podcast has repeated for the last decade. Yeah, it sort of comes from plastic surgery, <laughs> from what they can tell. They they say that uh, when you have plastic surgery, it takes about 21 days for you to become comfortable with your new look, your new identity, uh, to integrate who you are with what you look like now. And they just sort of, according to University College London, they just sort of moved it over and transferred this to all habits and all who you are. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> but what do you think about cheat days? Do you do you engage in cheat days? What are some of the ways that you try and keep it under control when you're cheating? Well, I mean, I don't have any kind of maybe I don't have discipline. I don't know. I mean, I just I I try to create these good habits and I don't have any habits that I see as a chore. I mean, certainly I have chores that I need to do, like doing laundry and and cooking meals, which, which is less of a chore for me now. But I can't say that there's anything that I feel I need to cheat on because I don't feel that there's anything that's holding me back from anything. And I think that's an interesting way to look at life. 
and it might even that might even be better than cheat days <laughs> if if you can look at things and say, hey, I enjoy doing this. And I wonder, you know, maybe it would just take 21 days of saying, hey, I love eating carrots to <laughs> reform my heart. I have, but I've got a pile of fudge sitting back there that's begging to be eaten. So. Yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, you know, we're still in the holiday season right now, so. It's true. <laughs> there are cookies and fudge and truffles. But. Mm, sounds good. Mm. So, yeah. so for you, you do you have a specific day each week where you, where you cheat on your diet? Yeah, no. So, and I try not to do, when I'm going to do cheat days, I try not to do it as often as once a week. Okay. I, I try and do it a little less often than that <laughs> because I did for a while. I was like all through the week I would be eating really healthy and really good. And then the weekend would come and I'd be like snacks everywhere and pretty much undo everything I'd done like you were talking about. And the reason why, I mean, it's really interesting and all of this kind of stuff, how there's always competing research. Right. Right. I mean, you've got this WebMD article that says, oh, cheating on your diet will help you lose weight. And my fitness pal going, cheating is a bad idea because you'll just undo everything you've done. There's a lot of different research going around. And I found that when I do, in fact, cheat every weekend, it doesn't do anything. (laughs) All it does is just it just wipes out everything I did before. Then I feel super depressed because it's like I did all this work. I worked out all week. I didn't eat the things I wanted to eat. And then I binged on the weekend and now I'm back to square one again. So so you do lose progress when you cheat. If you're going crazy and just cheating, cheating, cheating. One of the things I found that actually works better for me personally uh, when it comes to food is if I say, okay, um, every day I get to have a treat. It doesn't have to be a high calorie treat. It doesn't have to be a crazy treat. Uh, recently I've been, there's this, uh, it's dark chocolate and it brews like coffee, but it's dark chocolate and it has like 15 calories a serving. And I really like dark chocolate. And so I brew it up like it's coffee and I drink it because it's dark chocolate and I love it. I don't have to add milk or sugar or make it, you know, all of the things that people add to coffee that make it unhealthy, right? Because drinking coffee itself is not going to make you uh, fat. It's not going to make you gain weight. It's when you keep adding all the cream and the sugar and all of that kind of stuff to the coffee that it's a problem. And so I have this Creole brew and it's really, it's really delicious. And that's kind of my treat. Or I have special teas. I have like apple cinnamon tea and orange zinger tea that are really yummy that I enjoy. And so I make those my treat. And then occasionally I'm like, well, you know, I've, I can have, um, you know, I can have a little bit of ice cream with my son after dinner or something like that. So I try and have like a little treat each day because that's something, something that I enjoy each day. It's the same thing with reading. Because though there, there were times where I was like, oh, I can't, I don't have time to just sit down and read for pleasure. I go days without reading for pleasure. And then I would binge read. You probably, I mean, you probably see something similar with people watching TV, right? Yeah. So I guess cheating isn't just about food. It's, you know, there's any good habits you can, any, any good aspects of your life, any positive can be replaced by binging in some kind <laughs> of activity. So not just food, but TV. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, one of the things that we like to do now is, and perhaps it's because of the way uh, entertainment happens now, um, or perhaps it's because the companies that run those entertainment <laughs> uh, decided that, you know, or believe that 
consumers like to do this, and so they um, enable it. But what I'm talking about is when Netflix releases a whole season of television mm-hmm. uh, in one day, and it is very it it allows people to feel. Uh, justified in their sitting down in front of a TV or their computer or their phone even for hours and hours at a time just to binge watch a particular show. And, you know, this is something that when I when I go out to California uh, every year for Thanksgiving to visit family, one of the things that we like to do is usually my uh, my family will tell me of this TV show that I haven't been watching um, because I have a very small list of shows that I watch. And then, oh, this, this show is fantastic. The writing's very good. The acting's good. You have to watch this show. So I spend a lot of time over Thanksgiving making up for all the lost TV of the previous <laughs> year and watch a show. This year it was uh, Jessica Jones, uh, which was, you know, I have to say it was a really good show and yeah. it's probably worth the time that I spent watching it because I enjoy good writing, I enjoy good acting, and I enjoy entertainment. You know, I I could admit that. A couple of years ago, it was Breaking Bad. I I had skipped five seasons of Breaking Bad until the very end, and suddenly it was, oh, you've been missing this show? You've got to watch it. So I was out there for Thanksgiving, and I caught up on basically the whole show, you know, in several sittings, of course. I can't can't sit there constantly, but... (laughs) You know, this binge watching um, is so part of, uh, is such a big part of how we consume media today or how companies like Netflix expect us to consume media. And we certainly, for the most part, I'm not saying everybody does this, but uh, there are certainly enough people to make it worthwhile for Netflix that, uh, that it's part of their business model. I like what you said, though, about when you're there for Thanksgiving and as part of your vacation. I don't think it's really that bad (laughs) because it's part of your vacation. (laughs) So you can, you can break down and you do it and it it is part of what makes it fun for you to go out there. And I don't know. (laughs) I think you're okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm okay overall. It's just that, you know, there, there, there are these cheat days and they're all, um, they're all next to each other in this one period of time. And, you know, it's probably not a great, experience in the short term because I'm sitting a lot, not getting a lot of activity. I try to balance it with with doing things outdoors at the same time that I'm on this vacation. But, you know, I could do better at that. And maybe I should really try to break this up over a longer period of time. Or maybe I should just not watch not watch as much television. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I think part of it is too is are you getting done what you need to get done? And if you are, then maybe cheating every now and then is not such a bad thing. Yeah. Well, you know me, I, I'm never getting done everything that I need to get done because I completely overload myself and that's an issue for another day. Okay. So what are some things that we can do now if, if we want to try and build up our willpower, if we want to try and maybe get rid of the idea of cheat days, but try and find some things that we can do? What are some things that we can do now to be a little more irresponsible in our lives and enjoy ourselves a little bit more? It's just a matter of figuring out what it is that you enjoy and what you might, given the opportunity, what you might binge on. Um, So write down some activities that you are looking forward to do and you feel that you can't do them because they hold you back from some kind of goal. And uh, I would say, you know, instead of binging, instead of 
making a day of it or a week of it, just spread it out a little bit more. So once you have this list, you'll know exactly what you want to do and what makes you happy. And maybe it's worth adding that into your routine instead of feeling, instead of holding yourself back, as long as it's something that doesn't distract you 100% from your goals. I think that's a good one. I think another way to do it is to sit down and once again, sit down and identify your weak points and come up with ways to modify them a little bit. Because sometimes we say, oh, well, this is something I have to work on. This is my big weakness. And then you channel all of your self-discipline into it. And then you don't have, then you're exhausted. Uh, The APA was saying that you become exhausted when you have to exercise so much willpower. And so maybe if you can sit down and find out some of your weak points, where's all that willpower going, you can spread that out a little bit and, and tweak things a little bit so that you aren't depleting all of your willpower at once. You know, I think I went through a period um, mostly influenced by a boss that I had, but self-improvement seemed to be a huge, uh, a huge part of what everybody was encouraged to do. Basically, you know, try to figure out what's wrong with you and fix every single thing. So maybe I had a lot of things wrong with me, but you know what? You can only focus on so much um, and some things It's better to just admit that they aren't your strength and find ways to compensate for that elsewhere. Um, You know, there are certain things that are certainly not my strength. One of those things is cleaning my house. I mean, I am not a mess. I'm not a hoarder. I'm not disgusting. However, keeping things organized and clean is really not my forte. That's why I have someone who comes in every other week to help me with this so that I don't have to put the burden on me to, to be better in this respect. Uh, and that forces me, you know, to make sure that every two weeks that the house is ready for, uh, for a maid to come in. Another weakness that I've had, um, is, is maybe organization a little bit. Um, so I've compensated for this by finding other ways and leaning on other people sometimes in order to, in order to remain organized. Now, as I've given myself more responsibility, especially working with other people instead of just working for myself like I have been for the last uh, 13 years or so. You know, working with other people in in a leadership role, I've had to become more organized. So that just happened naturally once it was, once there was really no other option. Though it still is a weak point and it still is something that I am probably not going to get really, really good at. So it's just one of these weak points and... It, it, it sometimes you just have to accept it, right? And I, I like that kind of idea of looking for ways to compensate. And then, and then one other thing you can do that you mentioned, I thought, was look for an accountability partner, look for somebody who can encourage you along your way and maybe make it a little bit easier. Because you're talking about when you're accountable to other people, it's a little bit easier to feel like you have to get something done. Sure. So we have a listener question, uh, and uh, you know, every week we go out and we ask people, uh, you know, to send us in some questions about the topic that we happen to be talking about. And uh, this one, this one comes from a listener. I'm always being told that I just need self discipline. I feel like it's difficult for me to develop. What are some tips for developing self discipline? So I think one of the big things is to 
not try and make yourself over all at once. I think a lot of people are like, I want to be a completely different person. So I'm going to start being completely different. And then it doesn't work out. It starts with one thing at a time. And so focus on one thing that you want to do different, one thing that you want to change and work on that. And that will help you develop some self-discipline as you work on that. And as you become more proficient in your first attempt, your first thing that you're working on, then you'll be able to move on to something else and add something else and become more self-disciplined in that area. So it's really more about adding and baby steps, I think. For someone who needs to just develop self-discipline overall, you know, we go through several stages in life. First, we live with our parents and our parents administer the discipline. You know, they're telling us what to do and uh, you don't have to watch yourself so much because there's someone watching over you. You know, for the most part, I guess some families are going to be a little different about this and about how discipline is woven into their relationships. But for the most part, um, you know, discipline comes from outside yourself. So how do you move from someone who's used to being disciplined by someone else to someone who can discipline themselves? And I think it comes down to just making some st- intermediate steps along the way. So instead of being disciplined from an authority figure, maybe the next step is for you and a partner, and you talked about accountability partners, to discipline each other as peers on the same level. Um, And that way you can encourage each other to be disciplined while gaining some of the experience in peer discipline, which is going to lead a little closer to figuring out how to discipline yourself, how to make sure you stay on track without an accountability partner. I think we need that step in the middle there because it's just so hard to, you know, first you're accountable to your parents and then you're accountable to no one but yourself. Inside work, of course, you have accountability to your company and to your boss if you work for a company, which a lot of people do. But still, that's that's an authority figure, much like your parents. And I think companies can do well by setting up peer accountability as well. It's just something that you have to think about uh, specifically and don't expect to, you know, we talk about self-discipline like it's something that everybody should automatically have and you should feel bad for not being able to do this because there are certainly a lot of people in my life who take that approach and you know they feel a lot of these self-improvement things are things that should be obvious and everybody should get immediately but that's just not the case especially with this younger generation i think people have to practice and learn and be taught um how to do many, many things um, that involve being an adult and self-discipline is one of them. Oh, for sure. And I think that goes back into willpower as a finite resource, but they also talk about willpower as something similar to a muscle, that it has to be developed and it has to be worked. And so doing it a little bit at a time, I think, can really help you start building that up. Thank you for joining us today on Adulting. Be sure to check out our website at adulting.tv and join us next week. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.